Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications Connect to more. Those dreams. But my friend, I sacrifice all those nights. If I could make the earth and my dreams the same. It's gotta be Red James' favorite song. It's a good song. It's a it's a good song. It's a, it has its own melodramatic cheesy factor to it. But I'm gonna say right now, the engineer in the studio. It's Friday, it's summertime, and it's almost 100 degrees. Hit me! I love it. I love it. We'll keep on keeping it funky around here. It's Nuanas now, Rod James Seabrook, in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. Broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport, located at the corner of Stevens and Mount here in Missoula. They're new to town. They boast the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. So go on, check them out. Corner of Stevens and Mount here in Missoula. Proud presenter of the Nuanas now studio. All right, so I was thinking about this uh, the other day, Rajim, and then I, I did a little uh, monologue on it yesterday, but I wanted to have a, an actual conversation about this. So even some of the great, uh, a bit, sort of the, I guess the pioneer of, of longevity probably, probably the two pioneers of longevity were Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Lou Alcindor into, into Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Bruce Matthews. Both those guys played 20-plus years in their respective sports uh, sort of before the technology was available to do that. I mean, Bruce Matthews was a freak. The guy, I mean, he started in the NFL for 20 years. He played, I think, 21 seasons. The whole family are right. freaks. But to start every game on the offensive line for two decades, it just seems unfathomable. But all that said, in the mid-'90s, like the post-Michael Jordan era, mm-hmm. we've seen so many evolutions of sports, including the fact that these guys take care of their bodies 
significantly better in a variety of ways. Like even Michael Jordan is one of the great, gift, most gifted athletes of all time. Dude's still going to the casino until 4 in the morning. He's smoking cigars all the time when he's golfing. Drinking. Drinking. Like, and that's all good. It's part of his personality. It's part of his competitive personality. I'm not criticizing him whatsoever. He's just a dude. That's what he does. Right. But I would reckon that the vast majority, if not all, of NBA superstars now are not drinking during the season. They're not staying out until 5 in the morning. First of all, everything's a la carte now. You can order whatever you want. And I mean whatever you want. <laughs> so you don't For real. So you don't need to go out no. so, to to get anything. You whether can DoorDash anything. You don't need to go out for food, <laughs> Any- drinks, women, nothing. <laughs> so uh that I think has actually probably improved the health of athletes quite a bit. There was a great story actually on ESPN.com a couple years back about Tinder and other dating apps and the NBA and how it's actually positively in a lot of ways impacted the NBA. Because guys used to go, like, we're on the road. It's our fifth game in nine nights. We're in Detroit. You're from Detroit. I'm from Cali. What We're going out. We're going to the club. Not That's not happening now. Sometimes maybe a little bit. I think James Harden's hitting the club <laughs> kind of a lot. I think the club's been hitting him. <laughs> that's right. Especially earlier on this season. For real. <laughs> but uh, regardless, th- all of that has, has, has helped. But there's also just so much more knowledge now in terms of nutrition and all that. Science, technology, nutritionists, dietitians. Yeah. Um I almost dare say there's more money on the line. Oh, no, quite. Oh, so, 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 so much more money. So to go out and get into situations, the legalities, guys are, are just being smarter and more protective of the self in this day and age and in every facet. Uh, to put the, there's so much more money, it's, in, it's, it's not even possible. I mean, to put this in perspective, Michael Jordan was making about $10 million a year from Nike. He was never getting paid more than $2.5 million a year from the Chicago Bulls until after he was a three-time NBA champion who mm-hmm. then retired and came out of retirement. The, the, they call it the Jordan contract. The one-year player option that he had for his last three years. One year, $35 million. I get to pick if I'm coming back. He did that for three years. That broke the mold. It was the first time a guy had ever gotten paid more than even $20 million, let alone thirty five. And it's Michael Jordan, so of course you do it. But what I'm saying is dudes like Paul Millsap and Rashard Lewis and stuff are making... A hundred times as much money as Michael Jordan was when he was like a four-time NBA MVP. And not even a third of the career. A, <laughs> like exactly. achievements. Exactly, exactly. So then you, you've seen now, though, so many guys over the last 20 to 25 years, so many athletes, not just guys, men and women athletes, defy conventional wisdom, defy what we thought was possible in terms of longevity. Right. I mean, Serena Williams has been the number one player in women's tennis. Forever. For 20-plus years. Forever. She's, she, I mean, she like erased an entire generation. Nobody even knows any of the other girls that play tennis over the last 20 years. Because nope. Serena Williams, Venus Williams, that's about that's it. That's about it. Maria Sharapova got in there for a minute, I guess. Hot but, second. But Tom Brady, LeBron James, Albert Pujols, uh, Rafael Nadal, uh, Roger Federer. Aaron Rodgers to an extent. Aaron Rodgers to an extent. And so I think that uh, using longevity as an evaluation of a career and a legacy has always been a part of it. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think we're going to need like new categories because I think so many players are going to play for 15 to 18 years now. Larry Fitzgerald. Great one. That's a, that To me, that Tony is Gonzalez the most... Is another good one. Uh, no, ooh, that's a good one, too. I, I'm thinking of who's still playing today that maybe some of the younger viewers can be like, what are these two guys talking about, right? Larry Fitzgerald. Right. So... But I started to think about this element of it, though. These guys, this this last generation, the guys that broke in the late 90s, guys like Nadal, Federer, um, Brady. Brady. And then, I guess, early 2000s for LeBron. Mm -hmm. uh, Early 2000s for Albert Pujols. Mm -hmm. These guys are all now getting towards the end of it, though. True. And and I think it's, uh, it's, it's, 
it's almost strange that that it's all they're all sort of taking a step back at the same time, except one, and that's Tom Brady. LeBron James looks mortal finally. He's still one of the best players in the NBA. Absolutely, but he had he was he was immortal. He could not get hurt. He was. 40 minutes a game, every single game from start of the season to the end of the finals. For always, years. For, for 18 years. Last couple, a little banged up. Nadal lost in the semifinals of the French Open. That's never happened before. He's never. in the finals every year. Yes, sir. Roger Federer just lost in the, I think, second round of Wimbledon. Mm-hmm. And yes, he is, Federer is the greatest Wimbledon player of all time. Hands down. No argument. And so you, we're sort of seeing the erosion of all of these guys. So, I mean, what is your thoughts? Because these guys have defied Father Time for so long, and I find it serendipitous but also strangely coincidental that they're all sort of – they've all started to have a little bit of a, a dent in their armor for the first time simultaneously. It, well, as you said, it Father Time and Mother Nature stand still for nobody. That's right. And it's just called inevitabilities. And it, what it is, is I, I like it. It's the passing of the torch. It's the, uh, you know, who's who's next in line. That also means that you and I are getting old. You know what I'm that's saying? True. Like that's, that's true. That's, that's just also the, <clears throat> the passage of time from a fan, a spectator's perspective, or in this case, a reporter's perspective, a journalist's perspective. So there's just so much transcending things that happen when athletes retire. Like when certain people go down, it's like, what there goes my childhood or there's my young adulthood like right. wrapped up in that chapter of your life right. uh, by proxy alone on the peripheral is over. And that is a hard thing to, to, to get, to get over. There's also that, this beautiful thing called nostalgia right. that is so surrounded and intertwined in sports. So you get these crazy emotional intertwined moments with these people who we never know, but have been part of our lives for like a Tom Brady for 20 years, love or hate the guy. What it shows me, though, is there's not much, and I'll take Tom Brady, what I'm not seeing is who's next in line. Like, when I look at... You know, Federer and Nadal. Who's next? When I look at you know, Djokovic. Djokovic is, Djokovic. is, is, is has the, he has the, perhaps the most fascinating career of any individual sport athlete ever, hmm. because when he broke in, he was immediately one of the great talents the sport right. had ever seen. Right. Yet, yet he was behind the two other greatest talents the sport had ever seen. Yeah. Yet he still started to chip away, and he had a seat at the table. He was not consistently beating those guys, but he would. He could. And he started stacking majors, stacking majors. Yep. Well, now here he is, and like he knocked out Nadal in the French Open and then went on to win it. He's probably going to win Wimbledon. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, he's been riding the coattails, trying to catch up, trying to catch up, and now he's going to just have this five-year span where they're digressing. He's not. Boom. He's going to have more Grand Slams than anybody ever. Yeah, and then we'll have a different conversation here in about 18 months. I would say that uh, Novak Djokovic is one of the most poorly and mismarketed athletes on the planet. I'm sure he's more famous Interesting. abroad, uh, but he's hardly uh, ever, nothing, hardly at all in America. Roger Federer has had his watch commercials and his yep. shoe commercials and Nadal has been, you know, everything from Dior to everything. shampoo or whatever. You never see a joke, uh, Novak Djokovic commercial. Yeah, he's probably bigger across the way. Yeah. And, and it happens. Or maybe maybe he doesn't want that here. It's true. There's, there's that, too. Like, we forget that we look at the dollars and cents and all that, and why why don't we see more of Maybe he doesn't want that here. Like, he true. doesn't want his brand marketed here. That's true. You never know. Well, and most of his uh, most prestigious tournaments are not in America. So. That is also a, a I mean, he's not American, fact. and he's, there's no nope. real— I mean, the U.S. Open is the only real— highly prestigious tournament that he probably competes in in America. Most of them are everywhere else across the globe. X factors that are true. Uh, you, you mentioned, though, that there hasn't been um, sort of the next one. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting dynamic, when you, especially when you talk about quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. There was 
this missing generation because you have all these guys that broke in like in the post Elway Marino Jim Kelly era right the Peyton Mannings and Tom Brady's of the world Ben Roethlisberger was then added to the mix. Eli, like Philip Rivers. And those dudes straight dominated the league for 20 years. Drew Brees. And there was that whole 10-year span where no guy could get a seat at the table. No. Not, not Matt Stafford, not Matt Ryan. Like no. they, they all had little blips. Yeah. But now we have this whole group of new quarterbacks that are going to oh, take the league by young score. Young guns. They already have. Mahol- exactly. Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. yeah. We'll see, though. But the problem right, where's are those guys going to be around long enough because of the right. nature of football, because of the way they play the game? Are they, what's the longevity of their career? The the speed of the game for the way they play the position, are they going to be around in 12 years? Well, if, if the NFL has anything to do with it, they will legislate in rules to make sure those guys stay healthy because that's half the reason Tom Brady's been so... Uh, had such great oh, durability. Gosh. The moment Tom Brady blew his knee in the playoffs, the NFL rewrote the rules. Oh, instantaneously. <laughs> now it's like, I mean, you can even go back to like a year or two after that. Like when, like if a defensive lineman fell like right below your knee, quarterbacks were pointing at their legs and then all of us three, two, one flags. Yep. So, um, yeah, it'd be, <laughs> it'd be interesting to see what comes out down the line. Nuana's now 1029 ESPN Missoula. Rajim Seabrook joining me, Coulter Nuana's. Hey. Broadcasting to you from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. We're also on SWX Montana Television. Also on YouTube, too. Go check out the YouTube channel. Uh, it's dope. They got great graphics on there. Great job by our production team here at Missoula mm-hmm. Broadcasting Company. Mm-hmm. So I have a question for you. I have an answer. The You're talking about the the, the sort of uh, timeline and emotional connection to sports. Yes, and, sir. And uh, it is interesting, especially when you're a young man, because you start... I, you start as a sports fan when you're a kid yeah. and you're idolizing adults and then you start to idolize your peers yeah. and then you start to idolize people that are younger than you and then the guys who are uh, sort of of your same age start to retire and then all of a sudden you feel mortal because, you know, the guys that came up with you that you spent your whole time following are now old and retired. Or well, their children are right, in the right. league, like Joe Horn's kid. I'm like, right, Patrick right, Sertain. Right, I'm like, right. dude, I, I was just playing you on Madden like seven right, years right, ago. Like, what right. do you mean your kid's an NFL right. guy now? To- totally, totally. Yeah. But there, there's always a couple athletes that we just, we sort of pin our timeline to. Yes. I know who mine is, but who, I have a couple, but who are, who is uh, the guys that when you think of them, they're like, well, that guy was from my specific class or like that guy is the dude who was like, tied to me age-wise. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, for me, I'll give you examples. For me, I've always been tied to Dwight Howard because Dwight Howard was the number one overall pick in the NBA draft when I was a senior in high school. He was the same age as me. And I kept thinking, like, man, I'm sitting here playing varsity basketball in Missoula Big Sky, and this dude... It's about to play for the Orlando Magic. This is wild. I remember my buddy Jack McGillis, he played on a AAU team that went to a tournament in Vegas, and they played the Atlanta Celtics, which featured at the time Dwight Howard and Josh Smith, both guys that were lottery picks out of high school. And my buddy Jack was like, dude, how are you supposed to compete with that? Like, Dwight Howard's 250. For me, it would have been Shaquille O'Neal. That's a really good You one. know, like, like just like, you <laughs> you expect someone to go play against that in high school? Are you kidding me? Like, right? The kid, I mean, he was... He that, was who six, expect to go play against that guy ever? Ever, ever. <laughs> yeah, let alone high school. Like, he's 6'10", 280 pounds, and he's 17. Um, yeah, for me, it would be guys like Shaquille O'Neal. Um here to be guys like Aaron Rodgers, you know, just um, tail end for me would have been guys like Steve Young that I kind of watched as a kid into my young adulthood. So uh, people of that nature uh, and, and of that era are the ones that, God, I'm getting old, man. I'm just, that, that I just had a really 
sad old man moment. No more going back into the past. We're only going back into the future. My name's Marty McFly, and you're Doc Brown. Let's go. It, it's also interesting, too, because the the NBA is the only one you can really tie to the high school level because that was the only time when they're... It's the only sport that high school guys can go burst yeah, onto the scene into. Absolutely. So it's like my college guys are the guys from like the 2009 draft when I was a senior in college. Think about guys that are similar life uh, experience as me. So I always think of Matt Stafford. And I've always... See, so, yeah, I've always loved Stafford because of that, even though he's had a much maligned and, and in a lot of ways, um, painful career. He went to Detroit, son, exactly, it's, where it, careers go to never happen. I know. Sorry, sorry, Detroit. It just it proved me wrong. It is. It's a fascinating dynamic for sure, and uh, I'm sorry for making you feel old. You're not old. You're only half baked. That's what I always tell my buddy Bill. You, you, you got a long ways left. You got. You're only halfway down the road. Colter, when you get to be my age, <laughs> we'll have that conversation. Well, that's true. I hope I still know you. It's all right. When you get to that time. It's all right. I have a friend that calls me grandpa already. So, you know. Hey, you're rocking it. It's, it's all good, dude. It's all right. I'm in my Morgan Freeman years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now I have another uh, open-ended question for you. Rajiv Seabrook joining me. Colter hey. Nuanas here in studio. Uh, it's Nuanas now, Northwest Motorsports Studio. What do you think is the biggest misperception in sports? I know that's such a broad question. That athletes are dumb. Wow, that's a good one. That one drives me nuts. Like, I understand that not every athlete is academically book smart. I get it. But not as every human either. Like, period. That's just, that's it is what it is. I don't like it when people, when athletes get, uh, and it's usually males more so than females, that get penned as not being intelligent humans, which is why you're so good at sports because you got this body and no brain. And I just hate right. the fact that that stereotype or stigma hovers around athletes. That's a good one. That's a very good one, actually. I've always argued that too because there is the stereotype of just this typical jock and, you know, when Bobby Houck first came back to Montana, the, a lot of excitement involved with the rehiring of a guy who was here for seven years. A lot of controversy around it as well. There was a lot, of, a lot of people that were opposed to it. Strongly. There's a lot of talk of, of these notions of toxic masculinity and a lot of ties to a lot of the legal troubles that a lot of the Grizz got in during Houck's time and then post-Houck years. I don't want to go down any of those roads. But one of the things I always stood on the table for, not because I was advocating for Coach Houck, although I do like Coach Houck, I'm glad that he's back. Bob but Arino. just from a full objective perspective, the notion that these guys were never were, were just you know bloodthirsty football players and weren't getting it done in any other way was blatantly false. Bobby Houck coached multiple academic All-Americans. The, oh, yeah. the Grizzlies led the Big Sky Conference in grade point average seven years in a row, including, I think, having three of the five highest in the history of the league as a cumulative team. When you got a group of 100 guys that are getting a 3.3 or a 3.4, that's an amazing thing. You're doing something, right, as a staff and as a university. And so the, it does. It's to, to your point, that it's, uh, it's silly to think that uh, – "Quote unquote jocks don't have any brains." Uh, oftentimes, those are some of the highest achieving students that you have as well. Well, what's crazy is what they also don't understand that athletes are also extremely regimented, which is also adds to adds right. to the intellect pool. Um, you know, people who say meathead jocks are are, are whatever. You're also not getting up at five thirty. You're not remembering your caloric intake. You're not remembering what your workout is. You're remembering sixty two plays and one hundred and fifty names, and you've got to do that year after year 
oh, by the way, you also have a job, you also have a family, right. you also have class. So it's like all of those factors, even if you're not getting a 4-0, if you're doing all of that and getting a 3-0 on top of that, you're an intelligent person to me. So yeah, that would be that would be my thing is is the stereotypical meathead jock. The new Sports Illustrated this week is uh, the cover it features uh, Sue Bird um, and Candace Parker, Studley, two of the the great women's basketball players ever. Period. Both of them have uh, elevated sort of pop culture um, fame. Sue Bird. Because of her time at UConn and because of her time in the NBA, but also because of, of her tighter Megan Rapino, who's become a gigantic star. Uh, and they are certainly among the most um, famous and well-loved um, female gay couples in, in the entire country. Candace Parker, most famously for her time at Tennessee, her time do- dominating in the WNBA, but also recently participating in studio shows with TNT and doing a great job. Chris just twisting Chris Weber and Reggie Miller into a pretzel. Love it. She can hang with Chuck and, and Shaq. When she gets with those other guys, she dominates them. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> she is, she's she's I dare say smarter and more savvy. Uh and, and Oh, for sure. Period. And she oh, just, she's a way better analyst. Oh, hands down. Way better. Yeah. Hands down, brother. So regardless, the this cover story though is, is commemorating the twenty fifth anniversary of the WNBA. Mm-hmm. But also talking about the dynamic of the WNBA, which is fully unique and totally unfortunate in in the the sort of lexicon of American sports. Proceed, the, the, break that down. The WNBA has really never grown in popularity. No, there's been a perception of the WNBA as just this league that only could exist because the NBA owns it, the NBA runs it. Mm-hmm. For years and years and years, there was a maximum salary in the WNBA of one hundred and five thousand dollars. I think that made people think they it made. It demeaned the athlete through the the, totally. the, the, fa- the eyes totally. of the fans. Um, most of the girls that play the WNBA would go play overseas for significantly more money, significantly more popularity. Uh, the CSKY League in Russia. Yeah. I mean, Diana Trossi makes $3 million a year in that league and has a $10 million endorsement deal. And she's over here making $105,000 in the WNBA to play a summer league, basically, because the season is only during the summer. Very few, if any... WNBA players have ever been more famous than they were in college. True. Maya Moore was a darling of America when she was a four-time most outstanding player of the Final Four at UConn. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Brianna Stewart was Uh, amazing headlining sports center when she was at UConn. Yep. You don't ever see Brianna Stewart highlights. She's a two-time WNBA MVP. You don't see Brianna Stewart WNBA highlights. You don't see Maya Moore WNBA highlights anywhere. I have issues with that. Ella Ella Della Don. I mean, Ella oh, Deladon is, so is the Dirk Nowitzki of women's so basketball, good. and there, there's no promotion for this. So this article was basically all about this and how it's because the mainstream media, people will like and watch what you give them. Yes. Last year during the bubble, when the NBA and the WNBA had a bubble, there was higher WNBA TV ratings than ever. The ESPN national slate usually shows between 8 and 10 WNBA games a season. That's ridiculous, first and foremost. Feed, feed Downright the people. criminal. But they showed 37 games last summer, and the ratings were good. Imagine that. Imagine that. And so I guess my biggest misperception in sports is the, the comprehension of and the um, 
lack of respect for women's basketball. I think that there's the, the rise of women's sports across the board has been positive. I think it's uh, doesn't that just mirror society? Let's go. Let's let's for uh, sure. Let's let's rip for the sure. scab off for sure. But it's not just about disrespecting women's athletes. It's about we live in a society that disrespects women. Period. It's true. This article, the sadly, lead, the lead of the article. Uh, this article, by the way, was written by Kate Fagan, who I actually have. I I, I shouldn't say no personally, but I know professionally. She preceded me. At my job at the Ellensburg Daily Record. That's cool. Now she's the, one of the senior writers for ESPNW, and she's writing articles for Sports Illustrated. She was a former Colorado basketball player, mm-hmm. so she has uh, some good acumen when it comes to hoops. But the lead of the story is from a first-person perspective. It's her sitting at a dinner table with one of her dear friends who's a great sports fan who's a man, and they're talking about the WNBA. And she basically paraphrases his quotes by saying, uh, he's basically saying, Oh man, you know, like I just I'm not into the WNBA because it's just it's not very exciting. The athleticism's not very good. You know, I could get me and my boys could go get a team together and go play the WNBA. Yeah, right. This is what I'm trying to tell you. I have covered more women's basketball than any other sport. My first beat as a newspaper writer when I was first working at the student newspaper at the University of Montana 15 years ago was covering the Lady Grizz. Mm-hmm. First of all, women's basketball has evolved so much over the Love last it. 15 years. It's unbelievable. It used to it used to be sort of a poor man's version of men's basketball. Well, now the whole sport has evolved into being based on skill, spatial awareness, angles, yes. execution, team play. And I t- I said this to my brother last year. And I'm telling you, everybody out there, if you haven't been to a women's college basketball game in a while, especially in the Big Sky Conference, go in Bozeman or Missoula next year for sure. Because in terms of, I find men's mid-major college basketball horrific to watch. I hate it. That's the pretty, rule, the rules bad. don't cater to the size of the players. It's just a foul fest. There's 60 fouls in every game. The execution is blah. But then you go watch women's basketball, and it's like, Teach tape. It's like a symphony, the way that they execute. Buddy, I coach more girls. I, I know. And, and you know me. I love coaching. And people who know me, I coach a lot of basketball. Yep. yep. I get more enjoyment, and it's easier to coach my female athletes as basketball players because they understand the team concept instead no of the individual one-on-one bravado that most men. No question. And that's why I think like i much rather watch women's basketball and coach because it's a team sport. No question. And... They play better as a team exactly. than the average group of boys or men, hands down. And so that's why I think that the, the biggest issue the WNBA has is that common basketball fans don't tune in because they're not going to see uh, John Morant windmill dunk in the lane on Joel Embiid. You're never going to see that in WNBA, but that's totally fine. The skill of the players and the the marketability of the superstars is so great. It's such a travesty that they don't do this. So I guess my biggest misperception in, uh, in sports is this element that uh, that there's such this disrespect for women's basketball. But the number one thing that I have such an issue with, though, is this narrative that you, me, and a bunch of dudes from the rec center can go play the WBA. I- I'm telling you, dude. First of all, this hap- I remember this one from when I was a kid. Robin Selvig reaffirmed this memory to me when we did our Grizz Greats podcast. Once upon a time, I believe this was in the, the mid-1990s, I believe when our, our good friend Krista Redpath, who's a contributor on this show, was playing. We need to meet up with Krista. We got... We, got, we do. We got, yeah, Long-standing lunch date. Let's go. So, uh, I believe it was during that sort of era, but it was sometime in the, the very height of the Lady Grizz. And there was a cocky media guy in town who decided he was going to organize a game between all the local media guys and 
the Lady Grizz. I believe that the late that the Lady Grizz won by forty five. I was gonna say that <laughs> if, when I when I remember Krista's red past those teams, son. Devin Booker might have some issues. Like that. <laughs> yes, right. that's an that's an athletic group of, of former Lady Grizz. Ain't gonna happen. And that's what I'm that's what I mean about the crossover. Like, could a division one men's basketball team go dominate the WNBA? Of course, just because of size and strength, whatever. But get out of here with this narrative that you and your boys could go beat a WNBA team. They will beat you senseless. They would seriously beat you by 80. Bring it, man. I, I, me and T.O. are in the stands. I got my popcorn ready. Like, Let's go. Ella Della Don is scoring on every non-NBA player. Any other? She's scoring on every dude, even guys that are playing Division One college basketball. She's ripping apart guys that play Kentucky. Killing them. Killing them. Killing them. Because she's 6'5", and she shoots a true step back. And, and got a mad handles. Mad handles. Mad handles. See, this is what I'm talking about. I, I, I've been on this whole rant because I think that there's this massive overexposure to certain positions in certain sports. Agreed. The quarterback thing in the NFL, I know it's the most important position in sports. It's also so nauseating to me because that's what the national media force feeds the American public. Very few people know who guys like, I don't, I'm trying to think of a good example. Most people don't know, never knew who Haloti Nata is. How do you not? How do you not, dude? Give me Defensive tackle. Right next to Tony Siragusa. Let's give, go. Give me the stories on those guys. I'm so tired of hearing about Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan, all these mediocre quarterbacks. But well, you just don't like Kirk Cousins. Truth that's true. Be told. It's, okay. it's true. All right. All right. We're good on but that. But I've been stuck on, though, this whole notion of the mismarketability of so many different athletes. I just think there's such a huge missed opportunity. Like, how is Allison Felix not on commercials? Why is it for real? Why isn't Ella Della Don selling me wh- whatever hamburgers, whatever? Get her a shoe commercial. Here's a, this is this is the, we're, I'm going to stop my rant in about two seconds. But this is the greatest example of the lack of respect for WNBA players. Nike has never developed an, a WNBA player's shoe. There is no there, in 25 years. There is no WNBA player. I think since maybe Lisa Leslie at the very beginning of the WNBA. No, that's not even true. Lisa Leslie never even got a shoe. It's Cheryl Swoops. I was going to say, the swoops. I remember the swoops. And I was pissed because they were really nice, but they didn't make them for men. But they've never developed a shoe since then. There's no WNBA player that has a shoe. How crazy is that? I don't know, man. I'm ready to write Nike a a hateful letter for that. I mean, it's it's honestly, it's ridiculous. Regardless. That is, I'm a little blown. I'm a little saddened by that and angry. That That is not cool. I'm writing a letter. New on us now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. Rajim Seabrook letting me rant. I'm Coulter New on Love it. Speaking of, uh, take, taking this back to the positive. Speaking of positive, uh, I've been, you and I both, and you've been a big influence on me, both uh, verbally and just non verbally, just in your existence. But we've both been working on our, ourselves, our health, our mental health, spiritual health, all yes, that, sir. our physical yes, fitness, sir. all that. Let's go. Uh, I recently now dove into this next phase of what I've been working on. And part of it is, is, uh, some core strength stuff and some unwinding, a bunch of yoga, a bunch of getting loose, you know, trying to really restructure my body so then I can build it back up in the right way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of breaking down a lot of the old injuries. But I've been spending a lot of time at Vertex Fitness. Good place uh, You to and be. I have been in there together. Uh, our good friend Renee is a great advocate in the Missoula community. She owns it. Uh, but I've been really trying out a lot of their new stuff. And they have so many cool things going on. They have this, what they call the splat wall. It's like a 16-foot ball wall. Ball wall. And you can do all sorts of things. Throwing the medicine ball at it. Throwing the bags. Throw, doing the kettlebells. You know, slapping it with your hands. All that stuff. It's super cool. Uh, you can create 
explosive strength, increased power, get your heart rate up, all of that. That's all essential when you're working out. They also have a great cardio deck. They have a track. Mm-hmm. They have stairs. I mean, it's it's a great, it's a easy place to get a functional workout because you can do all your strength and conditioning, your stretching, but then run the stairs, run the track real quick, get a sweat on, all that sort of stuff. And then also, I've been trying, I've been hitting up Apex Bistro and been hitting up some of those. Do that avocado that toast. The avocado toast is oh delicious. And I got the, I've been getting this shake that has like, all sorts of good stuff in there. Have also, you had the mud bowl yet? That's the one. Dude, And like, it's that's like a, legit. It's super legit. It's got all your maca root and the dandelions and Crazy all Crazy seeds. Ma- it makes you feel like a superhero. Though. It does, man. I start shaking and I'm like, I'm usually shaking with caffeine in my body, but it's like good energy from a good source. Renee's got it going on down there at Vertex. Vertex Fitness combined all aspects of health, fitness, nutrition, and community. Vertex Fitness and Apex Bistro together offer a premium fitness center and a place to get fit, gather socially, and enjoy nutritious, craveable food, foods along with espresso. And they have beer and wine, too. Great place to go have a beer after work up on the rooftop. The cedar there. deck. It smells good. Send it's awesome. Vertex Fitness is a contract-free membership. Go check out Vertex Fitness and the Apex Bistro. Get on it today. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. We can talk more about the NBA Finals right after this. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 billion. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Is now on ESPN Radio with special guest Raju Zebrook. When I was a kid, I used to, I, I, my number one thing I spent my money on was my sports cards. My number two thing was my music collection, my CDs. No doubt. And I used to go to Rock and Rudy's or various record stores around Missoula, and I used to look for either the used or the clearance so I could get CDs. And I was kind of like, <laughs> it's like, you know how DJs will buy, a, just a, they used to buy a CD just to get one song, so I had to have that song for their wedding totally. repertoire or whatever. Well, Set Drift on Memory Bliss by PM Don, I wanted that song so bad. So I remember I f- scoured to find a cheap PM Don Greatest Hits. Well, it turns out then that song, I Would Die Without You, turned into not only my favorite PM Don song, but one of my favorite songs of all time. And I remember being in the basement of my house uh, north of Missoula with my brother. And I remember playing this snowboarding game that he had that he loved. And we used to always listen to that. And that song became... Uh, such a huge part of us 
And then that became like the song of his relationship. And that's actually the song my brother danced with his wife. It's the to. soundtrack of life right and there. That's, that's, the sound, that's the song my brother and his wife danced to at their wedding. So uh, very cool. I, uh, that's what makes music so great. The, 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 the flooding of memories. Welcome back. It's Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. We're broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. You want to check out all the inventory there at Northwest Motorsport? Go online. NWMSRocks.com. That's NWMSRocks.com. So I got to say, with that being said, that's called set adrift on memory bliss. No, like no. You just, no. I'm just saying. Oh, right, right. Oh, yes, for right, sure. For playing sure. off the PM Dawn vibe, like that's just, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, no, for sure. Um, an underrated musical act, PM Don is is very, very good. Is there anybody that's random like that that you have haven't seen in concert or have seen in concert that you'd love to see again? Like if PM Don came rolling through anywhere around the Northwest, I would for sure. You would only be in there for like ticket. three songs, though. You would like hear their three songs and then walk out. Yeah, that's like, true. That's true. I, I'd still go though. So, I, shows I would, like that are fun. Like Eve Six, remember them? They're like oh, kind of a punk rock band. Whoa! They they came yeah. to Missoula a couple years ago, and my girlfriend at the time she got us tickets, and it was at the top hat, and it was like a fifty-five minute show, but it was fine. They played like their four good songs and like three other songs they were trying to promote or whatever, and that was it. And it was like rage a little bit, go okay. home. Yeah, I think if I had to, if I could go back in time and see something along, I don't want to say kitschy, but something poppy along those lines, I would love to see TLC. Oh boy, that would be fun. TLC, little Left Eye Lopez, little Chili. Come on, Mike. Oh man, the drama that you. There's still so much drama in America, but it's so it's so concealed in electronic form. And oh boy, it's like Twitter pissing matches and all these weird things. But cyber, man, the drama, the drama in like the 80s and the 90s. Like, imagine Tanya Harding hiring a hitman to come out from behind and whack Nancy Kerrigan in the legs. Jeff Galuli. Like this is like straight out of a, a mob movie. How what is what's happening? Like but uh, you, you mentioned TLC. I, the reason I thought of that, <laughs> Andre Bad Moon Rising. I mean, Lisa Leftai Lopez straight. We're talking sneakers. We're ta- we were talking sneakers earlier on in the show, but she got all Andre Rising sneakers, put them in the bathtub, covered them in gasoline, lit it, boom, mansion, gone. gone. <laughs> like, imagine if a pop star today was dating someone who was as famous as Andre Rising was at that moment, and she burned his house down. I just can't even imagine what the media free-for-all would be like Dude, she, now. she didn't even do any time for that. Right. Like, no time. Like, straight-up felony-level premeditated arson. Not a, a drop of time. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Some of the stuff that's happened in the world. What a fascinating life that we live. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about the NBA Finals because I do think it's a compelling one, even if it's not uh, the most star-studded. I think that the fact that Giannis is making a go is a good thing. I just worry about the future of it. If he can make it through the series, if the Bucks win or lose this series, that will be the the number one win for the Bucks. You don't want him getting hurt because... I mean, he is the absolute... On both ends of the floor. He, he's it. He's, he's it. He's their whole team. And so, especially because, you know, well, okay, so I guess I have, I have a question first before we get into some of the, this further analysis. Mm-hmm. Mike Budenholzer was on the hot seat about a month ago. If the Milwaukee Bucks were to hit the same roadblock and fail to advance to the conference finals for the third year in a row, playing the same system with the same centerpiece... I think that Budenholzer would have been on the the hot seat for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, now he's in the finals, so he's not on the hot seat anymore, right? Mm, he's going to be safe for two more years. 
You think so? Yeah. Well, they what it's going to have if even if they lose. When they go back to the drawing board, they're going to have to do something besides just making Giannis the yeah. key component. They're going to have to build around him, and that's kind of what's hurt them in this playoffs. Is like when he's down and out, can this team sustain without him? Right. They have. I, I love Drew Holiday as a piece, and I love Chris Middleton as a piece. I still think they could, if they added another, if they could add a two, a number two. And that made Holiday become your three, three. and Middleton is your now your fourth best player. Yeah. Now, now you're a true championship team. I will give you that. So then, who's the best fit? Like if they got a guy like Devin Booker, forget about it because he can play off the ball and he can score so well. Like a Clay Thompson, if they could get a I guy, I would say like more that, like a Clay, more like a Clay, um, someone who can do a lot with the ball in his hands and who can do a lot without the ball in his hands. Like someone who's just going to be more multifaceted and and less dependent on something or someone else. It's hard to say that Giannis Antetokounmpo is not already offensively functional because he's scoring 35 points a game in the playoffs. But I do think that they're also stuck with him because if you have Giannis, he has to have the ball. Has to. Because he doesn't, you can't just throw it to him in the post. He doesn't have a sophisticated post-up game. No. He can't run the pick and roll. Mm-hmm. He's not like a pick and pop guy like Anthony Davis. He's he's not really even a facilitator. He's just a, what is it? Head down and go to the rim. Twenty-two dive. <laughs> so that's why that's why you like it has to be guys like Clay Thompson or Bradley Beal or Devin Booker or somebody like that that plays off the ball more often than not. You mm-hmm. can't have him Mm-mm. paired with a Chris Paul or a Russell Westbrook or a James no. Harden or idiot Steph, Steph Curry. Like you can't have all these guys that need the ball. Giannis would be irrelevant at that point. He would. He needs. He to me, Giannis needs someone more like a, a Steve Nash. If that, you will, oh man, right? That would, that would be that, would that, is that a good fit for sure? There it is, man. More on the NBA Finals here on Nuanas now. Rajim Seabrook joining me, Coulter Nuanas, in studio. It's Nuanas now, one hundred two ninety ESPN Missoula. We'll continue to give you a breakdown of all that, and plus give you sort of a preview of what's coming up this weekend as well. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Underrated guitarist of all time. Because he wasn't a rock and roll guitarist. He's a funk guitarist. He's a funk guy. Nile Rodgers, man. Nile Rodgers is dope. Dude, people don't understand how many riffs he's put down in pop music. Like, wasn't he doing some of the Prince songs for a minute? Too? Ton of he's it. done some. He's done it. Michael Jackson songs. Tons of it. Yeah. Yeah, Nile Rodgers. And then another guy. <clears throat> excuse me, folks. Having a little ice cream on air. <laughs> that doesn't get a lot of credit outside of Parliament Funkadelic that's laid down some of the best bass lines is Bootsy Collins. Oh, Bootsy Collins is like people, Oh, man, that's booger-picking funk. Let's go. I, I as, a, as someone that's never been married and does not have children, I uh, 
I try to be careful about throwing stones when it comes to analyzing the state of parenting in, in our society. Oh, because uh, I've never been there, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But there is this sort of cliche mass uh, perception that screens and video games and all that are bad for kids. They are in excess. Everything is bad for you in excess. Literally everything. So I will say this, though. Playing sports video games when I was a kid taught me so much about strategy, the, just the details of sports, rosters, all that sort of stuff, but also taught me so much about different cultures. I remember the NBA Live games, for years, the soundtrack to the NBA Live games would be like old school funk music. Like Bootsy Collins was the executive producer of all of the... Dude. So it was like... Good music. I was listening to George Clinton mm. and Parliament, listening to Sheik, listening to Bootsy Collins, listening to all these... As a you know, like a ten year old kid in Montana, but totally getting immersed in this culture while you're just playing video games. So there is some. I guess what I'm saying is there's some benefits to it. Oh, absolutely, man. Get funky with yourself, baby. The Phoenix Suns lead the Milwaukee Bucks two nothing in the NBA Finals. A game three uh, from Milwaukee um, will take place tomorrow. It is a uh, well. I guess I'm, I'll ask you rather than giving you my opinion first. Is this a must win for the Milwaukee Bucks? I think it absolutely is. Don't ask me rhetorical questions. Yeah, exactly. You already know that exactly. answer. Yeah, it's a must win, and honestly, it's a must win for basketball. Like, let's have a game. Let's have a series. No one likes. Even sweeps. if you're a fan, no one likes sweeps. No one likes four and out. Plus, once the NBA finals go off, and you know, unless you're watching Olympics at two in the morning, there ain't nothing on television. So keep me, keep keep on keeping on, so I can watch something. Tomorrow night's game, 6 p.m. tip, will be found on ABC, which is our great partner here with SWX Montana. Yes, Television. sir. You can watch it tomorrow, Colt. I can. My, From your house. My biggest, pers- my biggest takeaway so far of this NBA Finals is that the Phoenix Suns, the way that they've executed in the first two games and the way that uh, the storylines from Monty Williams as a great coach for young players to Chris Paul as a wonderful leader for young players to the emergence of DeAndre Ayton to the emergence of Devin Booker, these are all excellent storylines for the NBA. They are all also, um, to me, as a basketball purist, so necessary. This the 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 concept of over usage or, or hyper usage that we've seen take over the NBA. Mike D'Antoni was sort of the pioneer of it, but then yeah, half the teams in the league now are trying to get this high usage point guard who just dribbles the ball until it's flat, and then if it's not his turn, he gives it to this guy. It's ISO, 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 ISO. That's the number one storyline, I think, so far of this NBA Finals is that you can win an NBA championship. If, if Phoenix is to go on to win, which I do believe that they will. They will. You certainly can win an NBA championship with ball movement mm-hmm. and chemistry, mm-hmm. roster construction, good coaching. like All of the things that we want to be true about basketball, all of that stuff it is what it is. But half the time in the NBA Finals, if not more, the dude who's got the team that has Mike, Michael Jordan or Kevin Durant, they win the series because, period, in crunch time, you just throw the ball to Kobe Bryant and get out of the way. The, the fact the Suns aren't doing that, though, it's not just this one-man show. It's not this isolation show. For a basketball purist, I think it's amazing. I think it's great. I, what I like about it, too, is not have, I mean, outside of, of, of the Greek freak, not having big-time names over, almost overshadow the finals. Um, having teams actually having to play team basketball. For sure. And that concept has been absent and foreign from the NBA for years. When you go back and you look at the Golden States and all the LeBron-led teams, like sure. you just don't have that. So uh, from that perspective alone, this is great for basketball. What I also like about it, outside of Phoenix, I like having small market teams. 
Like, no one talks about the Bucks. Sure. You know, no one talks about the Grizzlies. No one talks about some of these, I hate to say, mid-major professional teams. Right. But it's nice to see the little guy get in there, too. Um, and again, outside of the Greek freak, there's no super mega star on this team. There's not a LeBron or a Steph Curry or a KD. And it's nice to see basketball kind of going back to the team concept. Slight correction. I, I cannot read, apparently. Uh, the Game 3 of the NBA Finals is Sunday, Sunday. evening, yep. not tomorrow evening. So Sunday, 6 p.m. ABC. So you can find it here on ABC Fox Montana, our uh, partner uh, through FWX Montana Television uh, here on Nuanas Now. So uh, certainly going to be interesting to see if the Bucks can steal one here. I, I don't. I can't really say steal because, I mean, they the Bucks have been among the best teams in the NBA for years. Mm-hmm. They're good at home. So uh, it seems as if... The, it's a must-win, but also an attainable game. But we'll see. I don't know. This Phoenix team is rolling right now. They are, and they have a lot of confidence. And uh, like we talked about at the top of the hour, man, Chris Paul's playing possessed. Like he wants this, and for his career, needs it. Absolutely needs it for sure. I also thought of one more thought to share with you because we've been having this long-term discussion about Chris Paul and his legacy. Chris Paul now, though, to me, with his trip to the NBA Finals, he is the greatest ever at one thing. He's the greatest little guy in the history of the NBA. He's the greatest player of six feet and under now, I think, in the history of the league with his ascension to this point. Because all, all of his comparisons appears. I mean, Isaiah Thomas is 6'1". He's a little guy. That's sort of the Allen Iverson? Allen Iverson. Chris Paul has had a better career than Allen Iverson, man. He has. It's hard to say, but he has. Yeah, it's just hard Slightly because of better. all the injuries and just... Yeah. But Allen Iverson was just larger than life, too. I think his For persona sure. puts him in a different echelon. Oh, no. I mean, Allen yeah. Iverson, in terms of legacy, is... Oh, is- God. Sick. It's it's. I'm going to give you Chris Paul. I'm not going to argue. We've been at this for about a month. Yeah, I'm, I'm Chris, letting it go. Chris, Chris Paul does not have the impact of. I mean, Allen Iverson not only changed the game but changed the world. Period. So that's that's a completely different deal. Like Chris Paul has just been on like State Farm commercials and stuff. Like Chris Paul's a man, but no like, one's going to remember Cliff Paul. But everyone's going to remember practice. Exactly. Talking exactly. about games. Exactly. I mean, the NBA created a dress code because of Allen Iverson. Love it. The NBA, NBA put in like. Clauses and contracts where dudes can't be saying certain things on their rap records, love and stuff it. like that. Because Allen Iverson, he changed everything. That's my man. Let's go, I mean, big he dog. Stra- he straight brought swag and the hood to love it to the NBA. He really did. As it, hey, the the hood supports NBA. <laughs> period. Absolutely. It's supported by the NBA. Supported by the hood. <laughs> no question. If you missed anything in today's show, it's an awesome show. We talked everything from the NBA Great finals show. to the top one hundred. NFL players of all time and where those guys might fit into the mix in professional football now. We also heard from Caden Hewitt. He's the newest Montana Grizzly quarterback commit out of Helena High. Shared some thoughts on Willie Beeman. Gone too soon. He's, Rest uh, in peace, big boy. Great mentor in the football community here in Missoula for many years who passed away over the weekend. Also talked about sort of the digression of some of the, the great uh athletes in terms of longevity that we've seen. And we also talked about some of the biggest misperceptions in sports as well. If you want to find any of that, you can find it on the podcast. N-U-A-N-E-Z will get you there. Please rate, review, subscribe. It's presented proudly by Blackfoot Communications, The Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sportsbet Montana. Only got a few seconds left of what's going on this weekend, man. You got anything cool? Just transitioning and hanging. Maybe might see you tomorrow. Hope you move a couch or something. And just, uh, I don't know, enjoy some sun, enjoy some friends, and just... For the first time in a long time, brother, exhale. Hey, that's good. Gotta love it. We'll be back at it Monday, 4 p.m. We'll have Missoula Paddleheads action for you all weekend long, tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday night here on 109 ESPN Missoula. So if you want some baseball in your life, Paddleheads on the road in Ogden, keep it right here. We'll be back on Monday, full-fledged show.
They start talking college football. I'm so excited. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.